Hello there, and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today's visitor to the island is a tailor by profession, but one of Ireland's best-known retailers in the menswear section. It's a pleasure to welcome Louis Copeland. Louis, sitting here, you still have your measuring tape around your neck. Yeah, I mean, Des, you know, I, I go to bed with that tape on me neck. I, I, I'm always have the tape around my neck. You're, you, like you're running your business, but you're you're still on the floor being a tailor. Yeah, I mean, well, tailor as in such. Yeah. But I mean, okay, uh, I'm still on the floor. I mean. I, I I give my age away. I'm 71. I know you're looking and say, "Jeez, you don't look that age," you know. But I am, and uh, don't I'm still uh, yeah. I'm still kind of probably working seven days a week. But you know, yeah. you know the old saying that you know if you enjoy what you do, you never, I never have, you never have to work a day in your life. You know, so that's kind of the way it is. It's it's a it's a remarkable family tradition. Yeah, I mean, my grandfather was a tailor. My father was a tailor, and now I was a tailor. But I mean, where was know, your granddad based? But my grandfather came from Lithuania on on the boat. He was Jewish, and he came from Lithuania. Uh, he was on the boat. Uh, thought he was going to New York, but it ended up in Cork. So yeah. you know, like, that's the story. Anyway, you know, I mean, you know, so you know the old saying: never let the truth get in the way yeah. of a good story. But then he married a ca- Catholic, and uh, my father was born and then my aunt was born and she was the trouser maker my father was a tailor was that in cork now so no that no the, they came to dublin yeah. then you know so that's how how, how, yeah. how then i left school when i was uh, 14 years of age went to technical school for tailoring and textiles and uh, worked in the factory for a couple of years and then joined my father but i've been in, working since i was probably 10 years of age used to get i lived in Tronconda, jump on the bus into town up to cape street uh, into my dad's place and uh, kind of, you know, worked there, sweeping up the floor and, you know, doing the dishes and everything. I'm still doing that, actually. <laughs> and what, was the, what was your dad's business like? I mean, was he, yeah, he I mean, was on at, his own, was he? Yeah, like at the time, like it was kind of um, very much tailoring, made to measure only. I mean, you know, uh, and then that developed over the years. But I mean, people have this thing about Louis Copeland as, oh, it suits, suits, suits. But now it's kind of, you know, it's nearly... 50 50 no kind of casual wear. I mean, you know, you've got to move with the times. I mean, it's, it's business casual. I mean, think people think of uh, Louis Cobb suit, but as I say, it's a lot of yeah. casual wear. Uh, I know I'm wearing a suit today, but when I'm off, I'm wearing casual wear. And it's a, a trend towards casual wear. But I think with, with like what's going on at the moment, people are going to start uh, dressing up again. I mean, I think it's going to turn a bit. I mean, I know people are sitting home and I think people might get kind of tired of that I think people will come back and they'll want to dress up because you know I mean I started back last week during the week there and uh, you know I, I put the shirt and tie me and you know I just you, you feel better I mean you know it was like the first day back at school yeah. so I mean, uniform. yeah I think people will start dressing up and you know uh, whereas the clothes will be more relaxed they'll still be formal yeah. I mean okay they mightn't they mightn't wear ties all the time, but you know, if you want to stand out, I mean, I think you should, you know, look a bit different. Yeah. Well, well, that's the modern stores that you have now are very different from your dad's store. So yeah, totally. I so mean, was know. it only well-off people went into them? 
Not really, no, no. I mean, this kind of, okay, when we have this kind of perception of, oh, they only deal with kind of millionaires and sports stars and that. But I mean, the ordinary man on the street is, is our main, like, you know, we would be as competitive price-wise to any of our competitors. So, I mean, okay, I mean, the the, the sports people and the high-profile people, get all, we get all the publicity. But I mean, it's the, it's the man on the street is, is, is what keeps us going. Yeah. Describe your dad's place to me. It was in Cape Street. Yeah, that was the yeah. first place, you know. Uh, we moved up the road there. There was we we moved into the bank as it is now today. But I mean, uh, his his shop was a smaller shop. I mean, then we moved up, but um, things are very much different now than what it used to be. So he'd measure he'd measure the man who comes in. Oh ah, yeah, we had a workshop. We had thirty people making oh, suits. Oh many? yeah, I mean it was a, it was a it was a very big fairly big business then, you know. And where would where would they do the work? In in, in Cape Street, premises? we had a workshop there in Cape Street, yeah. and we still have a small workshop there yeah. as well. Not as much as before, but I mean, it's still it's still going that way. And what's done now? Alterations and stuff, or uh, alterations, yeah. and we still make a bit of stuff there, and you know. But I mean, it like suits mostly off the peg. But I mean, but it's a big swing back now to major custom made suits yeah. now. So that's that's a, that's a new business that's coming back now. So, so you trained and you went when you when you by the, you worked in a factory, not your dad's. Yeah, right? I'm a, I worked in a, a place off Thomas Street. It was called uh, Two Wells, and uh, it was a place you had to be in at eight o'clock in the morning. Now, listen, I'm I'm up at half five every morning now. But those days, you know, what sixty years or fifty six years ago, I mean, eight o'clock was early then. You know, so you had to be in at eight o'clock in the morning, and you know, if you were there at five past eight. You had to wait outside if it was raining. You had to wait outside till nine o'clock, and then you got your hour docked because you had to clock in. So ever since then, you kind of it's in the back of your head. If you have an appointment, you make sure to be on time. So it's just embedded so in your head. It, it sounds harsh, but was it a good thing for you in a way? I think it was a, like it was a good kind of good, you yeah. know, because it makes you be on time, you know. So and you know, you think back those days. I mean, if you got an hour stopped off your wages, I mean, yeah. it was fairly sizable. Yeah. So. You you trained and and then you went working with your father. Then I, then I worked yeah. with, with with my father. Then and uh, it's one thing being a tailor and a good tailor, but then running a business is a different thing, I'd imagine. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I mean, it's kind of it evolved. Then after a couple of years, Adrian, my brother, he, he, we worked together, and then we opened a shop in Pembrokeshire. He went over there. Uh, he's he his son is there with him now, and my son Louis is is with me. So, but I mean, they're, they're spread around all the different shops. So what generation are, are your children? Their fourth oh, generation. What the grandfather, father, me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a son called Louis, and yeah. uh, Adrian has a son called Louis, and I have a grandson called Louis. <laughs> so there <laughs> you go. There's a, there's a lot of you. And were you? Did you find it daunting opening a business? Well, no, I mean the business was there, but I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, like people say, you had you got a plan? Not really. I mean, I kind of do things with the seat of my pants. Like I mean, you just. You know, an opportunity arises and you just do it, you know, so so you just go for it. As long as it keeps working. Your first musical choice is, is Summertime, Kirita Kanoa, Louis. Yeah. What's the story behind that? Uh, so my, my my mother, who was a beautiful singer, and she always, her party piece was Summertime. And she actually, she was on the gate. I mean, she kind of, the pantomimes. And, you know, in those days, the, she was very involved in the Variety Club, which is still mm-hmm. going. Uh, she was very involved in that and um, she kind of um, but she, she was always into show business you know so but she had a beautiful voice and every time she was she didn't have to be asked to get up and sing that was her favourite song Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1
That's Summertime by Kiri Tukanoa, the choice of today's guest, Louis Copeland. So, Louis, you, you are linked with sports people. There's no question about that. You said, you, you've, like, Alex Higgins was, was a personal friend of yours for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, as you know, like, I mean, uh, he, he was, uh, he could be kind of uh, troublesome. He could be the most charming man, but he could be the most cantankerous man you could meet. But, I mean, you know, I, I was able to kind of... Uh, get around him I have to say like I mean if you were with him and you said uh, Alex I want to go turn right I mean if I wanted to go left I'd say to him turn right Alex and he'd go left you know so I mean whatever you said he did the opposite Well your relationship lasted a long time in fact one of what I consider the best programs I ever did was a documentary about Alex and you, yeah. were, kind of, you were central to setting that up but how did you how did you first meet him? I I know I tell somebody from the Irish Times when he won the World Championship yeah. he brought him in uh, that week and he had the, the trophy and he brought him in and did, so uh, the relationship built up then and you know and it, it went on for I don't know 20 years or whatever I don't know but it was with him too thick and thin but he, I say he was he was colourful I mean there's a few good stories about him uh, one of the great stories about him is uh, he, he I, I don't know if you remember the time he was uh, he was in fact I was the first one to introduce Ken Doherty to him Ken Doherty was only a young very man. young Ken yeah, Doherty. Yeah, a very young Ken Doherty. And I brought Ken Doherty over to Bloom's Hotel and introduced him to his idol, Alex Higgins. You know, and he was very, in fairness, Alex was very nice to him. But one of the good stories about Alex was that I remember he was invited to the Buckingham Palace to all the sports stars of the UK and Northern Ireland, every, like, racing drivers, boxers, everything, like, and we're all in the garden, and he was separated from the wife, and his daughter wasn't 18, so he invited me. So we went along, and uh, we were there in the garden, and the Queen was walking around. Now, there was only two people in the whole of that, that, like, this must have been four or five hundred people there. There was only two, Frank Bruno and Alex Higgins. There were the two people. People were queuing up to get the autograph. And even yeah. Alex Higgins said to the guards, he said, "Give." It, and all the guards were coming up with their hats and getting the sign. And, and he said, uh, have, you, have you got a snooker table there? I'll do an exhibition for you, you know. But like, and, it, and another good story about Alex is like, I don't know if you remember the time, he was living with this lady of um, whatever, and she, he was living out in the caravan. Do you remember it, that? He was in a caravan in the front garden of her in house. In the front garden, yeah. Mm. And anyway, there was a, a bit of a fight, and, I, and actually... She, she, he, the blood kind of came, and uh, I, I remember looking. You were stabbed. You stabbed, yeah. yeah. And Sky News was all over it. I remember, like every five, ten minutes, got Sky News would kind of Alex Hagen. You could see him come carried into the ambulance, and I kind of said, "Jesus, is he, is he still alive?" I wonder, you know. So anyway, that evening, I, 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 I rang. Kind of didn't expect to kind of get an answer, yeah. and I rang, and he said, "Hello," I said, uh, "I said, Alex, are you okay?" He said, yeah, I'm grand, he said. I said, I saw all the blood in the short. And he says, baby, said, I've been stabbed so many times in the back, I didn't even feel it. <laughs> he had that chair. And the story you tell about everyone queuing up to want to meet him, there is something about... I don't know. Is it an Irish, it's obviously not an Irish thing. If if in the Queen at the palace had happened, yeah. I mean, the but Queen walked flawed, by. The Queen yeah. walked by, and yeah. and and he they didn't mind the Queen. It was yeah, yeah. it was Alex Higgins and Frank Bruno. They yeah. were the only two people that, you know, the racing drive. Everyone and was Frank there. had his problems as well. There's, yeah. some, there's something that draws us to people yeah. who've had problems. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Paul yeah. McGrath spoke of his problems. Yeah. He's loved yeah. as well. Yeah. And Alex had that. Yeah. Love. Yeah. But so he and he was a witty man, as you say. But 
But he was a very intelligent man. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, he'd come into me and he'd, he'd go over to the boar's head across the road, uh, get the newspaper, right? And he, he'd have the, 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 the crossword and he'd have it done in five or ten minutes. Like, I mean, yeah. he, was, he, he, he had a very, very sharp brain. Yeah. But his low points were very low, weren't they? I mean, totally, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I used to con- contact him all the time. I mean, you know, he, 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 was, was, on, he was on his uppers at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he was, he was in a bad way a long time, yeah. And you kind of helped him out a bit, did you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it works both ways. I mean, yeah. you helped me and I'll help you. It's tough, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, very tough, yeah. And I met his the daughter. Way he ended, yeah. I met his daughter who yeah, was a, and you, a you interviewed this daughter, yeah, I think, yeah. 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 And she had never done an interview before, but she said she wanted people to know that he was a very good dad. Yeah. That people saw him maybe as a man who drank too much and all issues. That was the famous one where he gra- when when, his when he won the world championship. When he won the world championship. Baby, yeah. Everybody remembers yeah. that, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Your second musical choice is uh, Colm Wilkinson, Louis. Yeah, Colm C.T. Wilkinson. I mean, you know, I have to say, I just just love his voice. I mean, and he's made this new record, Harcourt Street, and he's mentioned my father on, you know, Louis Copeland suits on it. And I mean, you know, it's a great tribute to my father. So, I mean, uh, I remember making the suit. He was on the Eurovision Song Contest all those years ago and we made the gear from him. So that was probably, I don't know what would that have come into. But I mean, Colm has been a great kind of support of us. And and the song mentions your dad's Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In his Louis Copeland suits, walking up Harcourt Street. That means a lot to you. It does, yeah. I mean, kind of, it's 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 good kind of for my father, you know. And family. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Colin Wilkinson and Harcourt Street, the choice of today's guest, Louis Copeland. We spoke about you broadening out the family business yourself and your brother Adrian, and it is compared to your dad's original place. Who was your inspiration business-wise or who did you model it yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, was like, I, I, was a, I was a great kind of, um, like, kind of inspirational people. Uh, Fergal Quinn w- would be, you know, I would try and kind of be the Fergal Quinn of the clothing trade. I mean, Fergal Quinn was always about, um, he was always about customer service and we try to do that in our stores. It's customer service, customer service. Uh, another uh, book, has been a great book, was, uh, the Green Platform by Declan Coyle. I don't know if you heard, but he, he's a he's a very he, he read his book. And another great book uh, is called Who Moved My Cheese. It's one of the best books. Uh, it's only a small book, about eighty pages, right? And I take it up every three months and read it. And every time I read it, I get something different out of it. It's a book I really recommend. What's it about? Who Moved My Cheese? It's about kind of four mice and uh, about. Having to change the way of life and what what you know, don't keep on going to the same place. Look, you know, it's all about change. It's a great, it's a great, it's a title. great book. It's a great title for a book, isn't it? It's a great title for a book. Who moved my cheese? Uh-huh. The the Ryder Cup when the Ryder Cup was 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 played in Ireland. That was yeah, big for you. That was big. I tell you what, about six months before the Ryder Cup, uh, uh, Ian Rooseman was over in Ireland, and uh, somebody brought him into me uh, into Caper Street to get some gear and uh, and he saw this uh, jacket kind of pinky colour jacket I don't even remember the do remember pinky it. jacket and uh, he loved it and he said I want that for the team anyway and so that's how the whole thing and 
we went over to the pub and did the deal over in the boys head as you know the boys head is probably I, I know they talk about uh, Croke Park as being the the, the, the big sporting yeah. uh, arena but I mean as you know the the boys head is uh, where Shane Larry and the dubs and every time it's there's a big sporting big, centre that's yeah. where it happens and yeah. that's where uh, that's where the deal was done for the Ryder Cup that time and the pink was a very unusual colour for a golf team. It was actually, and people thought it was to do with um, breast cancer awareness, but it wasn't to do with Darren's that. Because Darren Clark Clark's was going through that away. at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. everybody had thought it was that, but I mean, it it was good because it made people aware. Yeah. So it was a good talking point. But does does an event like that, business wise, make a big difference to you? Yeah, I mean, it's all about kind of you know getting the name out there. I mean, you know. Is is that hard work though? I mean, is it, do you no, enjoy no, doing no, it? No, 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 no. I just love, I just love kind of, kind of. I love working. I mean, you know, and I kind of keep on, keep on going, Patsy. But, but you've, you're working seven days a week. Have you any ambitions business wise? Uh, no, I mean, my ambition. I mean, I love the challenge. I mean, what we're going through at the moment. I mean, you know, I mean, is a great challenge. Uh, I mean, uh, when when the lockdown lockdown came, I mean, you know, all the shops are closed. We've we had a. a, a an online presence that was kind of gone for three years and it was just kind of going steady, a st- little bit steady in that. But all of a sudden, I mean, it was a great kind of outlet for, I mean, it was a, an income to pay our staff and to pay our suppliers and it have to, it's gone off the Richter scale now and it's going brilliant, I mean, the, the website now. And it's a new way of business and I think it's for the future. People are going to do their uh, online shopping, but they're also going to do their research online. I mean, even my age group, I mean, people have learned to how to use the yeah. how to use the, the online the online yeah. yeah the only thing about about clothes do do um do people do irish men still want to try it on first or yeah i mean like if we would have a lot of kind of customers kind of sizes on files so you know so that's not a big problem but there, there's still people love to come in and and you feel yeah. the fabric and look at it i mean you know but i mean like the web the the online is for kind of people doing their research and going forward do you think in the on the back of COVID, things will change fundamentally. In that, in that, more people will go more online and maybe reduce their high street presence. Yeah, I think people will go more online. But you know, I mean, okay, I mean, it's it's way up, it's up up there. But I mean, people will go back going into shops as well because, I mean, you you can't beat the you know the personal kind of touch kind of with the people and seeing the seeing the garment in your hand. Uh, how long have some of your customers been going to you? Your longest ones. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, since we're ch- children, I mean, you know, so I mean, it's kind of repeat a lot of repeat business. Is it? Yeah. And do you, does it go pass on to generation? Oh yeah, I mean, like my father to son. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's repeat business all the time. And your son Louis now. In, my, my son Louis is very involved in the business, as is Adrian's, and you know, I mean, you know, uh, I'm there, but I mean, you know, uh, but he's kind of running the business and uh, along with uh, all the family. So you're just going around with the tape around No, not really. I'm I'm on the floor and <laughs> working, you know. Yeah, yeah, you did the real work. Yeah. You enjoy, what do you what do you enjoy outside of business? I I I I go to the gym a bit when the gym is open. Uh, I all of a sudden for the last 3 months I've I've walked, I've lost weight and uh, I've got this bug in me now that I'm going to do my steps every day so it's going to oh, yeah. that's my goal now to get a, another half stone down but I presume you do this you don't you've no weight on you but I presume you get the steps walking around the store anyway do you, you do, no you don't you have to go and do it I mean so early every morning I'm up and I do my, my uh, steps what time would you go off at I'd go off at about Four past six, half six, and well, do, do an hour, yeah. You pass many other people at that hour? Not really, no, 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 no. 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 Nice but, it, but, it, but it's you've got to push yourself. Yeah. 
Your final musical choice, Louis Copeland, is is again. I sense a friend of yours, Brendan Grace. Yeah, well, Brendan. I mean, I've been, you know, I mean, I know thirty, forty years. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, Brendan was a great friend of mine, and he was a great kind of uh, supporter as well. And you know, uh, Eileen, as you know, I mean, like, you know, heartbreaking for her, and uh, he he like he was a great supporter. I mean, every first of April every year. Uh, he got the phone call from me wishing him a happy birthday because that was his birthday the 1st of April and he said my birthday wouldn't be the same without, without me ringing him Which song have you chosen for the, when, Like uh, I I think Brendan Grace was one of the best comedians we've ever had in, you know but I think also I think he had the most beautiful voice that you could listen to and you know the Dutchman like it just kind of sticks in you know just brilliant he's just a beautiful singer Okay, well, it's a lovely way to finish out. Louis Copeland, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure chatting with you. Continued success and good health to you. Thanks for being with us. And thank you, Des. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.